Hi, this is Life As We Said podcast. And on this episode, we talked about saved and unhealed, dealing with unresolved trauma as a Christian. Um, it was a very nice episode. We talked about what trauma means, how we can handle or treat trauma as Christians, the role of therapy and counseling and all of this. Yeah, I'm sure you'd enjoy listening to it. Yes, it was very eye-opening. Um episode so we just want you to stay tuned listen and we hope you enjoy it and feel inspired by it yes so please like and leave us a review comment on whichever platform you're listening to this on we really really appreciate your support thank you thank you so much and until next week yeah see you enjoy Bye. bye Hello, welcome to our podcast today. Um, we're bringing you another episode, a fantastic episode as yeah. always. Uh, we're going to be talking today about on saved and unhealed, um, dealing with unresolved trauma as a Christian, as a believer. Um, so I think it's a topic that yeah. you know extends a wide, <laughs> wide horizon and so many you know, interesting aspects of it. So we're going to be talking about it today. Samaka, how are you? I'm good. How I'm was good. your day? You look beautiful. I like your, your green. You're my green. I was yeah. like, let me switch so it up. <laughs> Thank you. Green. So bright. Yeah. Green looks good on you. Yeah. Oh, green is your color. You. Yeah. yeah. Oh, thank you. I'm sharing you as well. You yeah. Good thank, too. You. Thank, thank you. Thank you. As always. So, yeah. So, my, yeah, I've been good. My day's been good. Mm-hmm. Weekend's been great. Just mm. having a relaxing time with family, so that's yeah. good. Yeah, my my day today was really hectic. Like had a lot <laughs> of, you know, fun things with the kiddos, uh, my nieces and nephew. Yes. We went to a yeah. birthday party, went to the park afterwards. That's you know, busy. yeah, busy. I'm sure the kids are just tired. Like they just need to yeah. eat and go to bed. Yes. Like, yes. and I handed them back to their dad and mom. So yeah, <laughs> yeah they're probably fine. Yeah. <laughs> And I'm sure their dad and mom appreciate you for doing that. Yeah, because, like, yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's true. Yeah, I miss them. They were out out of town last weekend, so really? or last the whole of last week. So I needed to get update from them, and they just resumed school. The little one just started kindergarten. His sisters yeah. are in first grade, so it was fun. Yeah, everyone's getting growing. updates yeah, that's from so them. Exciting. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so. Okay, so we'll just jump right into our topic yes. today. Um, so. Honestly, this topic is one that really runs deep for me, and um, I really, really think it's not spoken so much about in the Christian community. It's almost like a taboo, you know, pe- talking about trauma. You know, the, the thinking is you're saved. Once you're saved, Jesus Christ has paid for it all. He has paid for all your sins. He has fixed you, uh, you know, so you don't need fixing anymore. You're done, one and done, right? So, um, So I think it's something that really something we should talk about and shed more light into. Um, so like I said, the topic is saved and unhealed. Yeah. Um, dealing with unresolved trauma as a Christian. Yeah. That it's a big one because like coming where, where I'm coming from, like mm-hmm. uh, African um, culture, mm-hmm. we don't talk about, we do not talk about like trauma, our experiences, how childhood trauma would have affected some of your behaviors mm-hmm. or like how they just shape your experiences. I just I think like the like you mentioned is just something that is not talked about enough. So mm. Yeah, honestly. I you know sometimes when we say trauma it's almost like this um 
this ambiguous like word you know that Boy, people don't really mm-hmm. yeah like when you think of trauma people think oh trauma no i don't i don't i haven't experienced trauma i don't know what trauma is but um i actually googled it like i think in this because i'm not an expert we're not experts in this topic so but yeah. we just you know did some a little more assignments you know to be able to um articulate some of our thoughts regarding this topic so trauma is usually an event um or an occurrence you know an experience that exceeds one's capacity to cope um, with it effectively, mm-hmm. right? And as such, it can leave you feeling helpless, leave you feeling disorientated, leave you feeling confused and not knowing what to do. Um, so, and it could be anything, anything that leaves you in a state whereby you're unable to cope with it. Like, you know, there's a kind of sudden, you know, maybe news or sudden occurrence or sudden you know something that happens to you that just leaves you in a shock where it's almost like fight of fight and flight or flight right like how do i deal with this like it's just too much for your mind or your emotions to be able to deal at that point that that is trauma you so, know yeah good yeah i like how you pointed that out what trauma is because i think it's really unclear mm-hmm. um because there's a lot of like interpretation with what trauma is, yeah. um, what's the traumatic event. Mm-hmm. So my question is, so is all trauma bad? Like when you say trauma, mm. so because what I'm thinking is like trauma has a negative connotation, yes. like something bad. So, but then you're saying that is a response to something that you, that something to an event that you probably can't handle or you can't cope with. So mm. there are many things that can happen that you can't cope with. So mm. my question is all trauma is it bad? Honestly, I think all trauma is bad. And, and okay. that name is, yeah, that's the significance of the name trauma. It is bad because anything that leaves your, your system in such a, you know, um, riled up or in a shocked state, I don't know, like yes. just a very, you know, shocking state. I don't even know what other words to substitute trauma for. Um, I think it, it, it connotes, you know, something negative, something bad. Um, and I, from, from experience or from studies, um, I think trauma is broadly categorized into three major types. Um, there's acute trauma. Acute trauma, I think, you know, it happens anytime. Maybe you lost a loved one. You heard the bad news. You got rejected. Um, just something that shakes you at that moment. At that moment, okay. You know? But that like it goes away so it's for a it, short time it's so a short time yes acute, acute. So short, short time, time it happens that. right so as a human being if you don't sit with that feeling right maybe someone and i'll use myself as an example so i lost my mom um as a teenager and so coming sorry. from an african thank you from an african background where we don't really sit you know with our emotions and process grief you know, properly. It's usually, you know, one activity or the other, oh, mom is passed and everyone cried and that life has to move on, you know, no one speaks. And because we're like the younger ones in the family, no one sat us and say, how does this make you feel? You know, how, you know, so there wasn't that. So for me, I think I just, I just moved on. That feeling was, that was still feeling the grief, but there was no time to sit with it. I just had to keep going. So I developed other kind of coping mechanisms to be able to Sorry, I might have to cut you short there. Mm-hmm. If you don't mind sharing, what age did you lose your mom? So I had just turned 14. 14, so yeah. that's really young. That was so, really young, yeah. Yeah, and I bet you had younger siblings that were even much younger yes. than you. That's yes. still, yes. Yeah, so that's really hard. I feel like losing your mom is like... Oh, you know, my God. Like mothers are like the rock stars of kids. Like most moms. Yeah. So I shouldn't yeah. say all mothers, mm-hmm. but like most moms are really 
like mm-hmm. adult life by their kids they yes they love their kids so much so losing your mom must have been hard so so no one did anyone ever take time to like sit down with you as a child with 14 year old child and say yeah zuki how are you feeling nope nobody 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 and even the way we knew because you know mom had been she she got she was always healthy but she got sick like maybe three weeks prior right and it was such that oh, oh she was going to the hospital um and she went she was in the hospital um and we went to visit i think i went to visit her one time and i was sitting with her you know and i remember her telling me oh my god i don't even i remember her just saying please pray for me and in my in my mind i just felt like yeah i'll pray for you yeah mommy be here like i i didn't as a child like death i didn't know how serious the situation was and they didn't even tell us we didn't even know all we knew was she was in the hospital right and you know she got she was there for like three weeks and each time my because my dad and my older ones would go see her and then they'll come back and we'll ask how is mommy doing so she's doing fine she's you know she's responding to treatment oh jesus christ (laughs) i remember the day you know she passed um well, you know, it was, we were sleeping, you know, and then early in the morning we had like noise, like people coming into the house. Um, and then my dad was home, like just went into the living room and people also came into the house with him. And then my elder sister came into the room and she, then, you know, she had her head on the head and she said, mom, oh my God. Oh, I'm so it was, you know. <laughs> It was such a shock to my system. Yeah. It was a shock to our mm-hmm. system, you know, not just me. And, um, you know, cried. It was like, it was unimaginable. And as a child, I'd never, no, no one close to me had ever died or passed away. So I didn't, that was the first point. And my mom was so loving, so caring. Um, she held that, just like you said, moms, you know, she held our family together, like really, really bonded us, you know one another so it was such a rude shock and um and event happened after her passing you know yeah. life continued you know my dad but you having like like looking back now probably that time you probably didn't know but looking mm. back now you you hadn't like healed from that like loss or that grief i hadn't healed yeah. and yeah and as a child i didn't i just felt oh everyone has yes. moved on so and I, i'm sure it's not like, only me my yes. siblings probably if you hear their own side probably the same but we just had to just go this is life. this has happened you mm. know harsh realities of life just move on um and then you know my dad took another wife and then she came in we had family and then just things were just never the same right and so i think for me personally speaking i almost moved into survival mode um in a situation whereby i i couldn't you know i repressed a lot of emotions i felt anger i felt you know hurt i felt betrayed i felt so many things but i couldn't even tap into those emotions i just had to keep going and i repressed a lot of things i just because like as a child you didn't know how to handle, handle those emotions it, yeah. you probably didn't even know what those emotions were like you exactly. couldn't have given a name to them because one of the things that mm. i'm learning now is mm. like this it's called like feelings will mm. and a lot of time coming back from like africa like feelings are not things that we talk about yeah. like the only feelings i feel like i knew when i came here was like happy mm. even sad wasn't really even talked about like maybe just happy mm. even excited but there's so many feelings there's excited there's happy there's mm-hmm. like different feelings that a lot of us don't know about and so. what has been helpful is just to use like a feelings just like a 
it's called like a feelings and will. Okay. Like you know how a color wheel is. Mm-hmm. Also, it's in a circle. There are different kind of feelings, negative okay. feelings named out for you to be able to identify, and mm-hmm. also positive feelings, mm-hmm. so that it's helpful when you're trying to communicate those feelings mm-hmm. to somebody. Mm-hmm. So I feel like that's always like a gap that we don't always necessarily have mm. because we're always just let's let's move on like let's life goes mo- on let's yeah. just move on like yeah. and grief comes with a lot of mm. emotions yes even whether we want to talk about it or, or we not. don't want to talk about it, it just yeah. it's, it's just always going to be there mm-hmm. and i think there's like five stages of grief mm. where so yeah it's not uncommon that you're experiencing that, that especially yeah. after the loss of a loved one is really yeah, hard. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it was, it was really, you know, a tough time then. And honestly, like you were just, you alluded to something like we weren't taught how to process our feelings mm-hmm. and there was no room. Our culture was such that there's no room for you because yeah. when your parents ask you to do something <laughs> like, <laughs> in fact, when you, when you, when they beat you, for instance, when they, <laughs> they spank you, right? Yeah. I mean, the, Normal response is for you to cry out in pain because, hey, someone just, you just hit me, right? I have to cry out in pain. But they even beat you for crying, like for expressing the emotions, the feeling you were feeling yes. of, of the pain they inflicted on you. They'll beat you on top of So it's almost like we just grow up being almost like zombies. Like you just repress it. All you know is just, you have to be happy. Yeah. Even when I'm <laughs> abusing you, just be smile. Smile at me and tell me, yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. Okay. You know, so it's just um like suffering and smiling suffering and, yeah. that is just yeah, you know the way things suffering are and smiling. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so yeah acute trauma um and it's not just so that's one of the grave um it could even be as as little as maybe you fail the class you know True. it impacts you so much so like much. negatively that yeah. you're unable to and i think for me like how i see thank you for sharing your story because mm-hmm. i know that it takes a lot of vulnerability <laughs> and courage to mm-hmm. do so so thank you for sharing that um i think anything new can be traumatic Mm. like something unfamiliar to you can be traumatic that's how i'm looking at it because Mm. you could have a new job Mm. in being a new mom like new new things can Mm. be like it could be so overwhelming yeah it can introduce it like that survival mode fight Mm. or flight i don't Mm. know what i'm doing here Mm. how do i get by with this so Mm. like anything basically can be traumatic like this like like you said mm. because it's not necessary like a lot of people can relate to not like being overwhelmed with like a new job mm. being overwhelmed with like having a, new, having baby, a new baby being married yes. like new new things yes. can be overwhelming for different people yes. so those things can can instill a survival mode because you're like i don't know how to handle these mm. feelings mm. i don't know where to go on from here yeah. so basically you are looking for direction but you really don't have mm, it yeah. you are trying to voice out something mm. but you don't have the words because mm. you haven't been taught about feelings yes. so you don't even have the words and to say okay this is how i'm feeling yeah. about this yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah that's true solid that's that's very very true yeah so yeah trauma runs deep and then the second one i want to talk about is chronic trauma So for this one is a prolonged and repeated kind of experience, you know, Um, one time, not just one time, you know, it's repeated. So something like domestic violence, domestic abuse, childhood abuse, you know, just all of those. Right. So it's, it's prolonged, um, that, that can really have an impact. So that's why sometimes there's something called trauma bonding, um, Mm. when people are bonded to their abusers, right. 
And sometimes I, I think it stems from um, this hot and cold because most people, for instance, let me even take maybe an abusive um, partner, an mm. abusive parent or whatever, right? So at their worst days, they are terrible. They will treat you poorly. They will hurt you. They will, you know, violate your boundaries and all that. And then on their good days, they are so loving. They are the most loving, charming person. So is it kind of like, you know, how you, the, like maybe the abuser um, goes, they call it honeymoon experience. Honeymoon, yeah. When they do a bad thing and then, and then the sprinkle they buy, go, they sprinkle good or they yeah. sprinkle gifts. Or yes, just yes. Just kind of pacify it. Right, to, right. Okay. Some people also call it Stockholm Syndrome. Mm. where yeah there's a story about yeah where you're just bonded to someone who hurts you terribly that's why for some people in domestic violence situations you don't blame them for being in those situations because it's beyond man it's psychological right so because that hot and cold kind of pulls you in throws you yeah. up pulls you in it kind of conditions you in a way that you're just mm. trying to survive you're like oh if i can go back to this feeling of safety when it, when they're in their good you know mode and you know it's safe that that feeling you know like it's just it releases a lot of chemicals in your brain and you're like a oh, feel good chemicals and then they take away that love they give it back to you it's just a push and pull thing um so that is trauma at its highest yeah. it's terrible and then kind of like because they haven't experienced what mm -hmm. it means to be in a safe relationship mm -hmm. so sometimes i feel like a lot of people don't know what's like a healthy relationship should be Looks like. like that's true so it's like okay like anything goes yeah. right yeah, yeah that's true that's true for some people in fact they like abusive people like i've heard of stories <laughs> where they're like like if, the, if a man if a guy is maybe kind and caring they say no, it's they too, say it's no weak. he's weak nice. you know yes. like i like there's this i don't know if you well, watch I, mm -hmm. are you sure that's is that thing normal? Sorry, I have to ask whether that is normal so because, that, or is a condition. It's a trauma is, response for them. It's okay. for them. That is what they saw growing up. That was probably the way their that, parents were to each other, or the way their parents were to them, or how their past boyfriend, their first boyfriend was. So the, for them, it's just their baseline of because normal. It's not like it's not a normal. Like nobody should think that way. Like mm. normally, like mm. no child will come into the world like and think that. No way. child will come into the world. Yes, yes. Yeah, yes. that's what I'm saying. So it's I, conditioning. Yeah, They've been conditioned condition, to think yeah. that is love, right? Yeah, so love. you notice that a lot of people take partners that remind them of either their parents or someone from their family, family. right? So if you see a, a a child, a girl who grew up in an abusive home, dad abusing the mom, they probably will, you know, navigate to, to men that also yeah. are abusive. So what I'm hearing sad. from this is like, there's a lot of onus on parents like us to show yes. and model that example mm -hmm. of what a loving, godly relationship, relationship is. Because like, yeah. the house, the home is like the mode, the, the first yeah. point of call. So, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so. yeah, yeah. So, yeah, and then the third one is complex trauma. Now, with complex trauma, it's very tricky um, because complex trauma is like, um, is exposure to varied and multiple traumatic events. Of so usually, back, like, yes, okay. usually in, invasive and interpersonal, right? So, for instance, if, you, if you're in a family or in a church or like whatever it is, where, right, where you are constantly maybe being criticized, mm. you're constantly maybe being shamed, you're constantly being, um, you know, just rejected. Like it's just, it what comes in a multiple and varied, so yeah. in doses, yes. right? So it's not one single event, it just comes, okay, 
this one comes comes so and then two later. days later another one comes and it, it just and keeps it just building true. so it becomes a comb like to even resolve that trauma you have to go to the root of all of oh, those what yeah. caused because one can lead to the other right so you're suffering from the pain of rejection and then someone starts to shame you or something yes. or starts to criticize you and like another one yeah. right and all of these things are happening so at the same time at the same time it's like oh my yeah. goodness you you're unable to cope like you 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 just you just want to you know a lot of times what people do is that they detach right i've done that in the past where a lot of things happen and i just i just detach like cuz i can't handle it i need to be able to and what what i did then or what i used to do then was i'll tell myself okay i can't deal with this feeling i can't sit with it now let me deal with it later you know and from that later, when, by the time you want to, like, it's almost like a lot of things have happened that you don't even remember what, mm. you know, normal was before. So it, it becomes more difficult and, and hard and just, you find that you're just living in a survival mode. Um, a lot of fight so, or flight, you know, yeah. going on. Yeah. No, no, no. I just wanted to ask this question. So what I'm hearing. So if somebody has been exposed to complex trauma, one, like, bouts of trauma just coming mm -hmm. from different um angles mm -hmm. what would be the best response would it be to detach at an earlier point because i feel like a lot of people stay in situations mm. for too, too long, long. Yes. that it gets ingrained mm. and so their normal of what or what they perceive as normal gets distorted yes so the thing is if you recognize that this is not a healthy situation mm this is my opinion mm -hmm. it's best to detach, to detach quickly right, before right. it before it conditions your mindset mm -hmm. and your mindset is already now becomes distorted because everything happens in your mind it starts with your thoughts yep, yep. what you're thinking bible mm -hmm. says that as a man thinking so, so is he, is he. Yes. so you you don't let it degenerate that is beginning mm -hmm. to affect you mm -hmm. you how you see yourself mm -hmm. or your own mindset yes. so i believe that detaching early might be helpful might be or just always like tackling things that's why it's very i feel like it's very important that people are comfortable mm. sitting down with uncomfortable feelings yes being comfortable with awkwardness yep, yep, is yep, very mm -hmm. is like an adulting thing you mm -hmm. have to be comfortable with sitting down with uncomfortable feelings yeah. and just say let's name this feeling how am i feeling now let's talk about it right. let's just name it let's mm -hmm. in short identify it yeah sit with it mm -hmm. don't like run don't just away. run away just it's hard so a lot of times really i realize hard. that sometimes people don't even like sitting with their own feelings yes, and thoughts they just run like, they'll do every other thing than yes. sit with their thoughts they'll be right they'll busy, they'll get and then distracted, distracted okay, and then they keep employing these you know this mechanisms yes. to cope you know and for them it's like oh i'm just trying to survive but in surviving you're not like you're you're not being your Best self. Fullest self, your best self, right? Um, yeah, so I think I agree with you. And I think it's also important for people to know what, what mm. abuse is. Because some people don't even know what... Mm. Like, screaming at someone, um, insulting someone, being verbally abusive, being it's not normal. Like, for some people, it's their normal. They just, if you don't scream or shout at them or be mean to them, they just... They, they think there's something wrong with you but no that is it's toxic yeah right i remember uh, like <laughs> like you know nigeria they mm. stop like people find it funny yeah i'll be honest like people find it funny like you know how you enter boss just yeah. calling you there you say oh no share be your money job career you know all those things but they are funny about it yes like so that if you don't take it personal it's not like oh my what's wrong oh, with this yeah. guy doesn't even know you from anywhere right so that's some that are 
those kind of people, I won't say they can't impose trauma because you yeah. know that you don't even know them. They are so far removed oh, from okay. them. They are just, you know, saying. but if it's coming from someone that is loved and trusted, yes. family, friend, yeah. and okay. that's where it becomes an issue. Yeah, so I, let's yeah. bring it back to the Christian world because I think we just went, wanted to go through this initial, you know, topic, mm-hmm. um, this explanation, right? When it comes to Christianity, um, we're born again. We've accepted mm-hmm. Jesus as our Lord and Savior. Um, the Bible says, if any man be in Christ, is a new creation. Yes. Old things are past, the world things mm-hmm. have become new. Um, and, you know, so when we get born again, does it erase every kind of past experience we've had in life, uh, you know, trauma or, you know, hurtful things that happened to us in the past? And for me, my simple answer to that is no, I don't think it does. Mm-hmm. I don't think it does. Um, when you get born again, what gets born again is your, your spirit, spirit, right? Man is a tripartite being, right? So spirit, spirit soul, soul, and body, body right? Yes. So your spirit gets saved. Your spirit is a brand new man, brand new creature. You can now connect with God. But your soul, which is where your mind is, and mm-hmm. you've lived in this body. Let's say you got born again at 30. <laughs> From zero to 30, you were in this body. You were dealing with human beings, yeah. all the wahala, the trauma, and then now you are saved. Jesus Christ has saved you, right? Your spirit, but your mind, because your brain, the Bible, they say the body keeps counts, right? Mm-hmm. You might have gone through something. I think this saying that goes, um, stick and stick and stones might break me, but oh, words can break me. That is so wrong. That saying is, I'm telling you, like a lot of people, words like, can break you. words, words is more powerful than yes, anything. Like, that's like verbal, verbal and emotional abuse is the worst kind of abuse. With physical abuse, you see the scars, it's hurtful. But and it's not as fight. terminal. It's not as you know terrible as as em- emotional. I think, and I think the the tricky part about verbal and emotional abuse is that other people cannot really see it. Yeah, with physical abuse, at least if people you show scar, even yeah. if you wear sunglasses, mm-hmm. they can still see your eyes. Mm-hmm. Blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. They can see the scars, like you mentioned. Emotional abuse and and it's so it's, subtle. It's, it's usually subtle, and, and then. You can trace it. Yeah. Like it's your word against my, my word. word. What do you, yeah. you can you can come up with something and say, Oh, I was just joking. Yeah. I don't remember saying that. Yeah. Like things that people come up with. So you there's, there's no evidence. There's no evidence, no tangibility to it. So that's why it's so hard. It's so hard. And yeah. people get away with it a lot. A lot. So a a lot. People, yeah, a lot yes. of people get away with it. Yeah. So I think it, yeah. It's so terrible, honestly. And I think in the body of Christ, when we get born again, we should because your body, your mind still remembers every experience you went through in the past, right? And it has conditioned you in such a way to react or to respond to certain situations. So situations that remind you of those past experiences, those bad experiences, right? You kind of toughen yourself or like present yourself in such a way that you are, you are guarding yourself, right? And those are like trauma responses. And if you relate with people that way, even though you're protecting yourself, you could be harming someone else. You could be hurting. That's why you see a lot of Christians who, yes, they are saved, they are born again, but they can't maintain interpersonal relationships, interpersonal friendship, right? Because they are difficult to deal with, you know? Um, and in church, it's almost like everyone is speaking Christianese. Nobody wants to, you know, like really dig down. Because again, in the place of prayer, you can resolve those issues. I'm not saying that 
you know the blood of but this person for prayer. Be, you even in for prayer, for yeah. prayer you, you need to be honest. It. You should have thank yes, you. Yes, you should have so, identified that yes, something wrong, yes, right? Yes. Even for prayers before you go to God, you mm-hmm. have identified oh this is yes. a problem. Yes. Right? Yes. So and I think a lot of people don't want to be able to sit with that uncomfortable it's Feeling, okay. Yeah. Like a lot like it's easy to be all perfect, all mm-hmm. glam, mm-hmm. all look nice and all that put together. Mm-hmm. That's that's good, but true Christianity, like Mm-hmm. Like I talked about, it's like pulling back the layers and saying that, okay, mm-hmm. this is, I'm not all that strong. I do have some weakness, but I don't want my weakness to be another reason. That person is, is feeling hot. Mm-hmm. Do you understand? Mm-hmm. Or goes to hell or, mm-hmm. or is not a, a, a Christian. Because mm-hmm. if a Christian harms you in that moment, the automatic thing in your head is like, this person is a Christian and they hurt and me they hurt in me. this way. So what is it that Christ is not moving in them or mm, Christ? But mm. what we've talked about, we should um not like like give people grace, yeah. like and give people benefit of doubt. Mm-hmm. But if you are a Christian and you know there's some toxic traits in you, mm. or even if you don't know, try yeah. to analyze yourself. Yeah. And then work on it because, mm-hmm. like, there's none of us that is perfect, perfect but we're yeah. still trying to attain progress. Um, perfection. perfection. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Because really, people talk about church hurts. Church hurts is from human beings because we are all humans, right? So no church is perfect. Every church has its hu- yeah. wherever you're human beings, there will always be that hurt, right? right? And we hurt each other beings. because we're unwilling to deal with those issues. Christ has saved us true, but there's much more work. If you are ill, if you are physically ill, you go to the doctor, right? So why is it that when you feel emotionally burdened, you can't identify what is wrong with you, right? That why is it a taboo to say, oh, I need therapy? And that's the next step I wanted to come to, right? Therapy. So therapy helps us unentangle our emotions and equip us with practical tools to overcome those struggles. Thank you for bringing that up. first... For people like me and other people, what's mm-hmm. therapy? So therapy is really, um, like I said, really, it's a tool, just like when you seek, you go to the hospital. It's a tool that helps you identify like unresolved emotions. It helps you dig deep, you know, into um, maybe things you've forgotten or you don't want to deal with, right? Yeah. Um, it's, yeah, I would say it's a tool or it's a method of just digging deep into your emotion, your past emotional experiences, you know, to yeah. bring things to the surface. surface. Again, those emotions, if you don't resolve it, because for instance, for me, let me give you an example. <laughs> so I did therapy. I've always talked about therapy. But I never, I never went, but I actually signed up for one, I think during COVID period, because it was just a tough time. Like the, I just, there was just so many things going on. Right. And then just as with anything for me it felt awkward like just talking to someone on the phone and it was online therapy too okay. it wasn't like oh that's good to know that it's yeah. online it's yeah. online yeah better okay. help yeah online therapy so just talking to the lady i think our first two sessions was just blind because i was thinking with therapy they'll tell you what to do like yeah. do this do this no she was just she just okay let's talk and she just lets me keep talking talking she's like yeah how was your day what did you do today um tell me you know just she was just wanting so, to learn more about, about me you. right and for me, always being guarded from maybe the past experiences I've had, I just had to tell myself, wait, so I'm paying for this thing. I better open my mouth and just open up everything and just talk about everything I'm feeling right now. And just because they don't know. Yeah. So this is paid therapy. This is paid professional, ther- professional therapy. therapy. Okay. Yeah. 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 So we just talked about everything and anything. I talked about my mom's, but you know, like she actually, there's something she said. I was like, oh, okay, I never thought about this. Oh, that's a different perspective. Okay. Yeah. I see that, you know, 
So one of, one of the experiences I shared with Amaka was when I was in uh, second grade or so, primary two, um, I was a very sick, sickly child. <laughs> so I used to be oh, sick a lot okay. growing up, right? And so I, I, missed, I used to miss school a lot. Like I had a lot of sick days off school. And then um, one time I got better um, that term. So I went back to school. And then during break, like, you know, going back, you know, children, everyone, they just find themselves together and like just mm -hmm. become friends and click. So that was my first day back in school. My mom made me sandwich, beautiful sandwich. I remember that sandwich. And then when recess, when it was time for recess, everyone ran, came out, ran out. And then I ran out too. Like, I don't know what I was thinking. Maybe I thought, you know, I'll just see people I can attach myself with and call them friends. But yeah. everyone just went their separate ways. Like friends, people went in twos, threes, like just r running around playing. And I felt so lost and alone. Like I had yeah. my sandwich in my bag. No one was you. talking to me. It was just me. I was just standing there. You know, at that moment, as a little child, I just felt, I don't know, there was just this, you know, as I was talking to her about this feeling, I just started bawling. I didn't know why. Like, there was just so much. And Emotions. I realized that I felt so abandoned. Um, I felt so abandoned in that, in that, you know, moment. I felt rejected by my friends. I felt like, Maybe I wasn't good enough. good enough for anyone to want to come play with me and be mm -hmm. my friend. You know, I felt, oh, like I was talking to her about this feeling and I was, I didn't know I had pain from there. Yeah. I was just bawling my eyes. I was like, it's okay. Take your time. Take your time. You know? Um, and yeah, you know, it helped me. But I was like, oh, okay. Actually, I've been dealing with rejection for a long time. Stemming back from there because that feeling always made me feel like when I go somewhere, I want to be sure there are people I can talk to i can connect with or you know i don't want to just Going except if i want to like, be by myself no. but if i want to i want to be sure there's someone i can connect with otherwise i'll feel so scared oh my god i don't want to feel that feeling like yeah so so that's just an instance of what therapy can help you do like it's a useful tool to help you dig into those what has happened before. those closed up feel yeah are there any experiences maybe that hurts you then and you just move past it you go back and you you know talk about it and they tell give you useful tools on how to cope on how to process those feelings effectively yeah okay. that was a long-winded talk but yeah but yeah. I, I hope yeah yeah and then i always wonder because i know one of the things like christians are very particular mm -hmm. about is like okay how do i talk about christian issues i'm a christian now mm -hmm. i've given my life to christ how do i talk about christian issues to a therapist so are there like options for like christian therapies because a lot of people are like oh my gosh i'm a christian i don't know if somebody secular mm. would understand where i'm coming from mm. or will see it from my perspective or mm. my faith mm -hmm. my faith perspective so i don't know if you yes have... yes they are so the therapist actually uses a christian yeah okay. so they are christian therapists um so even in, in churches like in our church, church you know yes. we have counselors who are yes. trained therapists therapist. yeah. and then these therapists are they do they go to school or yeah. Is it like, you know, back home, we go to our pastors. Our pastors, <laughs> some of them, no, some, some of them go to Bible college. Bible college but, is not yeah, therapy. It's not, but like a lot of people will say, oh, I have this issue. Mm -hmm. I go talk to my pastor. Mm -hmm. That's, that's it back home. Africa. Yeah, that's true. Yes. Our pastors so I think, like our yeah. Therapist. So I think uh, train, I, okay. Yeah. I agree with you. So mm -hmm. trained therapists, they go to school, they go to college, they earn degrees, you know, you know, degree for doing counseling. Yes. But. Therapy also even just having, I remember Oprah and I might be wrong, but I think I heard her say one time that she's never been to a therapist because her friend, her best friend, Gil, 
almost serves as a therapist for her because anytime she has issues, she needs to talk through things. She talks to Gil, right? And Gil gives us suggestions, ideas. So yeah, going to your pastor can be a form of therapy, therapy. right? So talk as to long them. as you're doing something about it. As long as you're talking to someone, yeah. Not just bottling it. Yeah, yeah yes, it. yes, okay. just, okay. yeah. But I think therapies are also trained. They just have this skill of just helping you go back and name those feelings yes. and just identify right. them and all that. So go ahead. No, 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 true. Because I think for me, one of the things I learned was like feelings, like feelings mm. will, like, I really yes. like that feelings will. Someone showed it to me and I was mm. like, Oh God, so these feelings exist. Mm. This is how mm. it's named. So like, because we're not brought up that way. To yeah. Have we're not I brought mean, up. Like, mm-hmm. We just know happy. Even yeah. do we say happy? I don't know. Mm. We just show it on our face or show emotion or maybe we dance mm. or something. Mm. That's how we're, we're not allowed to feel what we're feeling. Feel, yeah. Even in church, like you can't come and say, oh, I, my, I, I'm having a bad day. They'll say you are blessed and happy, but that can you say you're having a bad day? Like it's almost <laughs> like we just take this whole thing, this Christianese, like this faith thing to another level. <laughs> how can you say having a bad day is pro, um, positive <laughs> speech or something, you know, speak it. And, I remember one day, what made me laugh now? I just remember that one time we were going down the elevator mm. so one guy asked <laughs> he was asking somebody in the elevator okay is he going up or that you know now he's <laughs> the right. so the person said so he said no, the person said ah I'm going down no you can, you can never go down in Jesus name you can yeah. doing down is not your portion you always go up you shall be the head and never the ah, tail. oh boy it's not that deep now so when he said that I was like okay I can yeah. I can relate to like us thinking everything over spiritualizing yeah yeah so for instance this recent <laughs> thing that happened with hillsong church like this exposure of hillsong church um yeah it's really it's really, really sad, sad really yeah, sad so. you know so like pastor carl lenz who is a night like fine pastor mm-hmm. like fine man no pimple right and <laughs> his message is like i've listened to his preaching fantastic great yeah. man of god right but you know he was caught in a lot of scandal and when i watched the documentary he actually started exposing like peeling back layers of his childhood how he was molested sometime as a child you know sexually molested and he didn't talk to anyone about it of course you know, kept on moving. He got born again. Of course, he's saved now and born again. God is using him mightily, right? But that experience was still like, it's something he didn't deal with, right? Um, and as a, he's a pastor, like how can you even come and start admitting that? And, it, and especially in, in a Christian community where people are not taught to be honest about what their struggles are, right? Because I know in Nigerian like church community, everyone is just, hey, I'm Jim Jim. I have arrived. I am so mature. I'm, I don't struggle, you know? So, but he, I guess he was caught up in that, like not maybe being transparent about his struggles until he ended up having like adultery, had this relationship, this um, cheated on his wife with this lady. It was all in the news then, you know, and something that he would have handled secretly in a place of prayer or with counseling and all that became exposed to the open. The whole world knew, you know, his text messages with the lady was released everywhere. Like he was so shameful. So he now came to himself and said, you know what, that this is what I've struggled with a long time. I got abused. In fact, he had this, um, he talked about his relationship with sex and how he viewed women, you know, and these are things that if he was honest and open and open it up to God, even because uh, now when I say therapy, I'm not saying only therapy will fix all your problem because there are things you have to, the things therapy can't even do for you. It's God is your, is a place of you being broken and open to God. You know, I feel like sometimes when we pray, we hide certain uncomfortable parts of our lives from God as though God doesn't see us and know us completely, know right? Completely. So 
if we can even open it up to God and say, this is me, right? You know, he would shine his light on it and help you through those situations. Maybe lead you to talk to someone, a therapist, a counselor, or just even... A message you know, in church. A message I in church. Know that sometimes, I'm, like, I'll give an example. Just, you talk about just being open with God. I know that times, sometimes I'm struggling with something or mm. a period that, oh God, I don't know what to mm-hmm. do. I would just be like, God, I really don't know what to do. But then I'll go to church and maybe the word for that day, the pastor mm. would just mention one thing. And like mm-hmm. my spirit would just pick it up. And mm-hmm. then I would just, it would just be as if light has shown into that, into that, that into situation. That so I think like you talked about honesty. Mm. Honesty even in the Bible is like what a lot of, a lot of Christians went through. Like they had to be mm-hmm. honest. Mm-hmm. Like for example, David. Yes. David was very, very honest. honest there was a yeah. time he said, this is my attackers. They are, my mm. foes are so many. He says, but that, oh God, you're I love David. David did not try That's, to yes. surprise or say, oh, let me ask yes. that. So David was like telling David, God. He, he talked about his Psalms. Like you could see yeah. his Psalms that they were so naked, so naked and vulnerable. vulnerable. And then, and this was a man that God said, this is a man after, after my, my heart. own heart. So God, God, God respected mm. that. Yeah, even other example. Even Elijah. Yes. When Elijah, Elijah had, you know, done so much. Yes. And then see Jezebel came the to woman. just shake, shake him small. He was like, I'm scared. Yeah. Let me die. Let me sleep. And <laughs> like Je- Elijah, Jesus. you. That called that yeah, you called that fire from heaven. <laughs> and then just a minute later, yeah. you have asking. So. So there are, there are thousands of examples. And I remember yes, he went and, and God just said, let him sleep. Then the angel yes, came and ministered and food and all that. Thing. And yes. so all he needed was food. For <laughs> <laughs> strength. He just needed to rest and to have strength. Yeah. And then he was not like, God, um, I'm, I'm the only one. Mm. And, this, and that's how trauma can make you feel. feel. You I'm feel isolated. You're the only feel one. Isolated. Yeah. And then God was like, what do you mean? I have... 5,000 people that have not knelt to bow or yes. even kissed bow. So don't, yes. think, don't think so highly don't of think yourself. Highly, yes, yes. So, yeah. there's so many Even Moses, them. right? Moses came to deliver his people. Yes. You know, I felt like the beginning of Moses' story, felt like Moses was a very confident, bold person, right? And then he now, you know, <laughs> even when he was young, when he was still yes. in Pharaoh's, Pharaoh's daughters, you know, um, ah. so on. And then when he saw Egyptians fighting, or two, um, an Egyptian fighting an mm-hmm. Israelite, right? And then he went and killed the Egyptian, right? For him, he thought, oh, okay, I want to bond with my people. I want to identify with them so they will love me. Who Guess what? They rejected. Like, I feel like that rejection traumatized Moses, that Moses had to run away. 40 years, they didn't hear from Moses. Moses went to the backside of the desert to go and leave because that re- I, it was trauma, I think. Trauma. I think it was so, it was, it was so traumatic that God had to appear. In appear. Bush. As a fire. Let's catch his attention. Fire, let's just do something that will catch his attention so because this one, we need, we need something we strategic. Need something. Something strong. Even with that, he was still saying, but I can't talk. I can't speak. I'm so, I said, Moses, because he's, he grew up in the house of Pharaoh. So he must have trained like, he must have been raised up like a prince, yeah. a king. So what happened? That singular experience of them rejecting him made Moses like, you know. Run so, away. Just so yeah. many. There's so many. Even um, Paul. Paul. Paul, yes. Paul that was like, he was, he, he went through a lot. He was mm. the one that was killing Christians. Mm. Jesus had to appear to him and say, this poor, please, you have been killing my people. Let's just, <laughs> let's turn around that and use it for something, yes. something better. And mm. even Paul, he would say, oh, I'm the chiefest of sinners. So, like, these yeah. were people that were honest. honest. He got to a particular point in time that Paul even said, 
I have this thorn in my flesh. Mm. I beg God three times to take mm. it away from me. Mm. And God say, He says, My grace is sufficient mm. for you. So there's no way if you are trying to come from a biblical perspective, yes. there's no way that God is saying you should not be vulnerable or sh- you should not come to him honestly. Mm. Because these are th- thousands of people mm. in the Bible that have like that have honestly, you know confronted it and opened it Open up to God. God, this is me. God. Help me. Yeah. You know, so there's Help no need me. hiding. And I think I'm like, we're running out of time. But another mm. thing I wanted to talk about here is like the thing about control. I think one of the hallmarks of um, maybe tr- survival and trauma response, um, coping mechanism um, for people who have been severely traumatized in the past is control. They want to have control over people, over things, over situations, right? In a, and, and such people, when it's unfortunate that they come into leadership position in the body of Christ, they really cause havoc. They abuse people. They take charge of people's souls. Like, it's almost like people become enslaved and servants to them rather than servants to God, right? It's almost like, like you can't breathe. You can't, like, they, they almost cover you from even seeing, the, seeing God for who God is because you come under them and it's like, they are now your ceiling, ceiling over you. Like, um, they have to talk to God on your behalf and it, it's just a very funny dynamic which I've experienced and yes, I've seen in the past which yes. is wrong you know um, I was listening to a minister who called it an orphan spirit like you know when you had that you know yeah. rejection as a child or maybe you didn't have your like just some trauma issues and then when you become a minister you just love the praise of people you just you know you just take charge of people's souls as though you died for them. You know, it's wrong. It's, really it's wrong. I think you. ministration, I think for ministers and pastors, as part of their training, I think counseling and therapy should be part of it because it's not easy being, you know, pouring into people's life every Sunday, every day. You know, you're their shepherd, right? They also need to be filled. They also, sometimes they feel, I'm sure they feel drained and tired. So I think yes. it's, it'll be good and important and necessary if even pastors are encouraged to go for counseling, go for therapy, you know, process your emotions to refill. And also if there is anything bothering rather than in a covert way, you know, abusing your church, the church, your, your flock, your members, your members yes. you know, yes. because, because you don't you want to deal with, because you haven't um, dealt with, dealt your, with your, own your own issues. issues right. Yes. So it's very, very important. Yes. A lot of people have left church and just yes. turned their back like on God because of, it. because of this. Yeah. yeah. Because yeah. ministers, because of, they preach one thing you, and do another. It's wrong. It's wrong. Yeah. And if you, and if you look at it, honestly, the thing is, Yes, we're not serving man, but man is also like the example because mm. the pastor you're looking at is like, okay, this is somebody in an authority figure, mm. and you're looking up to this person to at least we all know that they're not perfect. Not, we yes. all know they're not perfect, yeah. but to some certain extent, mm-hmm. people hold them in high regard, regard and yeah. high standards. So mm-hmm. I think it's wise for them also to, like you said, to have that counseling and just to have um, therapy mm-hmm. and. Um, like I always say, please, if you are when well, you are serving God, be serving God. Mm-hmm. Even members too. Let's let's turn it the other yeah. way. Know God for yourself. Mm-hmm. Save God and know Him. Mm-hmm. Right? Yes. I think Paul said, "Follow me as I follow oh, Christ." Christ yes. yes. But also know God for yourself. Mm-hmm. Don't don't let the fact that there's a middle there's a pastor, there's mm-hmm. like a middleman mm-hmm. person or somebody always there to pray for you take away. That conditional relationship with God. Yeah. And then to give last question before we go, I know mm-hmm. we're running out of time. Mm-hmm. Is what about Christians? I know a lot of people say to, I've heard this saying, Oh, we need therapy for life, mm-hmm. basically, for mm-hmm. everything you do in life. Mm-hmm. How about people that are so fixated on therapy that they've left faith that like 
everything that they need now if any problem arises they need to talk to a therapist mm. they need to they've even forgotten that relation that i too as a person mm. i have a relationship with god yeah. i don't know because there has to be that balance between mm, knowing when to seek therapy mm. professional help mm. versus also knowing when to handle things by yourself mm, with god, god and true. using your faith mm. too so mm. i don't know if you have something to say for the extreme side that oh mm. everything's about therapy i need mm. to talk to somebody now mm. i just got a new job i can't handle it i need mm. to talk to somebody mm. i just got this how do we as christians bring that balance between like therapy and then and god's um, word yeah and that's god's that's word. a very good question and yeah um so i think these days um this generation right therapy has so infiltrated or you know has become like mainstream discussion yeah. and conversation such that Almost everyone tells you they're in therapy, right? Mm -hmm. And for some people who are in therapy, they know they have the lingo, the or the lingo of therapy and all that, but you still don't see the changes in their lives or like having them apply those changes or those. Well, that's another the, one yeah. <laughs> so I think as Christians, right, let's not be those people that are just way, way to the extreme where therapy and it becomes everything you know, we can, because Jesus Christ is all powerful. He's our Lord and personal savior. There's nothing that the therapy that you're talking to is just like someone who goes to the hospital. Today. Jesus Christ performs miracle. If you're sick, he can heal you without you going to the hospital. In the same way, if you are, if you're struggling with mental health issues, emotional issues, he can heal you without you going to speak to a therapist, right? So I think the first point of call is being honest and open to God. And also in the church, there are things called small groups, right? Like small groups, like house fellowships where people come together it's also good so, to do life in those situations because you have people who you can trust that will pray with you and you know as they well, can also right. be a form of therapy like counselor they will give you like in in my small group there's this elderly woman she's like 80 so 85 or close to 90 and so she has seen life she has seen life so <laughs> well, if you're talking to someone like that you know that okay wisdom is coming experience yeah. so yeah so i think there should be a balance True. the place of I god agree. is still there and then as christians or as people in the world i mean maybe they should maybe they should keep going to you know that's all they know but i think as christians there should be that clear balance yeah. yeah i agree and i think also just like don't forget the place of you knowing god for yourself because yes. i feel like that's key because mm -hmm. that one nobody can take it away from yes. you your therapist can travel mm -hmm. the person yes. you are talking to today mm -hmm. some can pass away what are you going to do you now mm -hmm. be stuck into another grief mm -hmm. then you now start again from the beginning god should always be center right yes. so i agree therapy is useful therapy mm. is needed it's very very necessary mm -hmm. but there should be a balance with knowing god for yourself and also being able to be self-efficacious to take mm -hmm. things to god on your right, own as well right that's true that's true i agree completely awesome i feel like this topic is so i don't know it, it, i i i connect so much with therapy like therapy and like christians because yeah. yeah and so i'm, I'm excited we had this discussion we're still humans we deal with stuff we're working we, through it yeah, and, working, we go through yeah. loss we go through difficult times yeah, it's yeah. even the bible says in this world we'll have trouble yes. so yes. Yeah. yeah yeah we'll always have trouble so yeah, yeah this well, was thank wonderful God. thank you for sharing your experience thank you thank yeah you. thank you for listening thank you for um staying with us on this episode hope this blessed you hope it um spoke to you know spoke to you in one way or the other um yeah thank and, you yeah so just um let us know your own stories so like comment, comment share, share with people yes. I've, had, I've had good feedback from people thank you so much for your thank encouraging you for your words yes. and your support we appreciate 
every one of you that have subscribed and every one of you that will subscribe in the future yes. we are so so thankful thank so you <laughs> wish you a good week have a, a blessed good month. week blessed weekend yes take blessed care week. take yeah. care bye bye <laughs>